there's an unlimited amount of business out there. Like there's, there's people everywhere that need your help. So even if it feels like, you know, oh no, I, you know, my client numbers are decreasing. There's just people out there I haven't connected with yet. And I know they're out there. So how do I find those people? Like, how do I help more people? I'm Tracy Lynn, a boudoir photographer and business coach, and I'm obsessed with helping photographers out of their ruts, sticking points, and holdups, and helping them find their way to the business of their dreams. Back in 2016, I left my job as an overworked dental hygienist and built a seven-figure boudoir business working just 30 hours a month. Every week we chat about photography, pricing, marketing, and all things business. Join me as we uncover your path to sustainable success so you can find more fulfillment in a balanced life, all with a camera in your hand. This is the Sustainable Freedom with Photography podcast. Welcome back, guys. Before I tell you anything about my guest today, I want to first apologize for the quality of the sound in the first half of this episode. Both she and I were struggling with our internet, so halfway through, we ended up stopping and finishing the interview about two weeks later. On top of that, I've been recovering from COVID, so in the first half of the episode, my voice sounds extremely nasally, and I'm very, very sorry about that. Anyway, I've had this one in the works for you for a while, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. I'm talking to Jillian Hughes, or some of you may know her as STL underscore momshell on Instagram. She is a health and fitness coach, a mom, occasional model, and former nurse in the St. Louis area. And you're probably wondering why I'm bringing a health and fitness coach onto a photography business podcast. I know it seems a little strange, but give me some time and I'll explain. Jillian is one of the awesome St. Louis humans who helped me grow my business in the city. Back in 2016, or it may have been 2017, I can't remember, I reached out and we set up a session together. And since then, we've been referring clients back and forth and are still each other's, one of each other's biggest supporters. You all know I love referrals and it's even better because with Jillian, we developed a real friendship. She's actually my virtual personal trainer as well, so we're always chatting. I'm such a huge fan of what Jillian does. I think it's so great for all business owners. She can help you on your fitness journey in a way that doesn't require all of your time. I know as creatives and business owners, the last thing most of us want to do is hang out in the gym when we could either be photographing more clients, growing our business, or just taking time to spend with the important people in our lives, right? I know if you listen to this show, those are the three things that are important to you, and I want you to know that it's very important to me as well. That's why I hired her, and that's why I am a huge supporter of what she does. But the other reason I want to bring her on is because I think she brings a totally different perspective to business and the client and model perspective to us as photographers. I always tell my mastermind and my one-on-one coaching photographers that if you want to grow your business, you have to have a solid portfolio and a solid flow to your sessions. You have to go into a session knowing exactly how it's going to go. Everything during your session should be muscle memory. You should have practiced so much before a paid session that you go into a session with confidence because you know your stuff. From your shooting to the way you speak about your products to how you give direction during the session. A good way to do this is by photographing models so that you build that muscle memory. You do not want to build it on paying clients. 
It's just not fair to them. They're paying you. Just like you shouldn't try new poses on paying clients either. I was having a conversation with one of my boudoir clients just this week. She specifically chose me because she could tell that I knew what I was doing. She could tell I photographed hundreds of clients. And to be more precise, it's over 750. And she wanted that because she already lacked so much confidence in herself. And she knew that it could really hurt her psychologically to go to an inexperienced photographer. I had another photography client last year that emailed me prior to her session saying she was coming to me specifically after going to another photographer who somewhat traumatized her. She already had an eating disorder and at one point that other photographer asked her to suck it in and that just totally triggered her. Her email had a list of trigger words she requested that I actually didn't need to use during the session because it would really trigger her again. I would never say anything that was on her list to a client anyway, but it just really brought into perspective exactly how much a session can either hurt or help a woman. Just remember, we have our client's confidence in our hands in every single session that we photograph, and we need to handle that with care. Okay, that's enough of my rant. I hope you really pay attention to what Jillian has to say, especially towards the 25 minute mark or so, That's when she starts speaking directly to us photographers. Enjoy. So welcome, Jillian. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. You're one of my favorite humans, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my audience. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here, and I hope I can um, share some helpful information to all of your listeners and and of course favorite humans too so I'm excited (laughs) yes so do you want to start with telling the audience just a little bit about yourself like your background what you offer as far as like virtual training and everything and your in-person training and even a little bit about your modeling career sure yeah um well my name is um Jillian Hughes live in Chesterfield, Missouri, and my current job title is virtual nutrition and prep coach. Um, So I help ladies with their goals, whether it's um, general weight loss, strength. Um, I do a lot of customized nutrition planning for clients who are pregnant. I help women in the postpartum period. I'm also in the body industry. I coach ladies in um, fitness figure, wellness, and bikini. I myself am a bikini competitor, and um, I've been competing for about 17 years with coaching, um, but I really do mostly lifestyle coaching for ladies who just really want to find simple strategies to fit in workouts that fit with their busy schedules and um, simplify nutrition and help them reach their goals. So that's what I'm most passionate about and that's what I do for a living, but that's not where I started. I was um, really into cheerleading and fitness when I was in college and then um, I went to nursing school, put on some weight, um, found my way into bodybuilding kind of by accident because I was working out and loved it so much. Thought about what my next goal could be being that I wasn't cheerleading anymore. And so I started competing in bikini competitions. And then over the years, um, you know, sort of had different life struggles as far as, um, you know, things with my, my weight and my body and having children and, um, 
losing a parent. And um, so I really um, went through some, some difficult times that tested my um, lifestyle and my good habits. And so that's kind of how my system was created based on a need for something that fit the busy life of a uh, once single mom to now like remarried mom with now five kids. So um, yeah, that's kind of, that's the, that's me in a bubble, I guess. And then modeling kind of was um, just a way for me to promote my business um, and or connect with people outside of my area. I started uh, doing mostly in-person coaching and I wanted to really branch out and connect with a wider audience. And so doing fitness modeling and then working with you, Tracy, you were actually the first um, boudoir photographer I, I worked with. Um, and then I think from then realizing, you know, what that audience was and, and how going to connect with people and goals and but, you know, still being able to, you know, celebrate femininity and beautiful photography and things artistic. So over the year, I learned a lot about what works and what doesn't work. And then, you know, I still want to be able to do what I love, but I love your Tracy um, is something that women really look at and they're inspired by and, and they want to you know, have that feeling the women in those photos have. So, um, that's one reason why um, I love working with you and I love what you do. And, um, and you definitely helped me find a for, for modeling. Well, I love working with you too. So I really appreciate hearing that. Yeah. So how did you transition from nursing to fitness coaching? Well, fitness had always been a passion of mine and I had gotten like a personal training certification because I just wanted to learn more. I never really intended to like train anybody. Um, I just loved it. And I wanted to, to learn more for myself because at the time there wasn't really any virtual coaching and there wasn't anyone in the area that I knew that could kind of like coach me for competitions. And I just wanted to know everything. So I did that. And um, over time, just nursing was, was a great career, but the hours just did not work with my family schedule. Like I was constantly stressed about having to switch with someone so I could go to like an event with my kids or go to a field trip. And I just really wanted to be my own boss. Like I wanted my own hours. And then I loved fitness so much that I was really struggling to balance that lifestyle with working shift work at the hospital. So it really just came out of a need. It was almost like, if I continue to do both, I'm going to suck at both. I've got to pick one and just make it work. Like, you know, that saying, like, if you want the Island, burn the boat. So I burned the boat, quit nursing. I knew I could go back, but I also was like the position I was leaving. I knew I could not go back to that. They were going to fill it and I would probably have to, you know, maybe start over again, which was fine. I, I wanted a backup plan, but I just knew I couldn't, you know, do one thing part-time and, and fill in. I had to just go for it. So it's kind of what I did. Um, and I had been asked over time, you know, if people, people would, oh, can you coach me? Can you show me how to lose weight? Can you help me build a butt? Can you help me get abs? And I had just through Facebook kind of shared some of my weight loss progress before like social media was even, like, I don't even think we called it social media back then. This was like 2008, maybe. Um, so I don't think there, that was even a concept. We had Facebook, but I don't think there was even Instagram or maybe it was like in its early days. Um, so I had shared like, you know, my transformation and people were like, what do you eat? Like, how do you work out? you're so busy. How do you do it? And I thought, you know, let's make this something. Let's put a system together. Let's help people. And I helped everybody in the beginning. I mean, anybody who needed a coach, cause I was just desperate to get clients and, 
and, um, you know, build a business. But over time, as that grew, and one person told their friend, and then they told their friends, and then social media kind of started to grow, people were sharing and tagging and everything. And it just all kind of happened over the course of a couple of years where I went from five to 10 clients up to like 75, 80, close to 100. Um, it just grew. And then through the pandemic, um, I really streamlined my virtual coaching because obviously people weren't coming to my house anymore. Um, and I wanted to be able to still service those people, give them the support and then further like help them find a way to work out with limited resources because of course all the gyms closed. So I've had to pivot a lot over time with the business, um, but yeah, I never went back to nursing and I really thought I would go back when the pandemic hit because they're gonna need nurses, nobody's gonna need a personal trainer, but I was busier than ever with virtual coaching, helping people stay on track and find new strategies to stay before the lockdown. I like how both of our stories are a little similar, like how I transitioned from dental hygiene to photography too. So, uh, yes, I remember us talking about. Yeah, we both have that health background and then just mostly wanted to be our own bosses. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I, and to this you know, day, I, I still, I don't know that I could do anything else because I've got, got you know, five kids yep. and um, it's just nice to be able to have a flexible schedule so that I can be a part of everything they have going on. They're growing so fast. They're so involved and just with everything going on in society. And I don't want to take this like down a path of like somewhere else, but you know, with mental health and everything that's going on and our kids are exposed to so much, like I just, I like to be here so I can keep tabs on what's going on and make sure they've got someone to talk to and someone's here when they get off the bus and all that's always been really important to me. So being able to um, work from home allows me to do that. But like when I say that, everybody says, oh, work from home. Like, that's great. I work a lot. I work more than when I worked in a hospital. I mean, I, I don't even know what I work every week, but I'm up every morning at 3.30. I'm usually on my computer by 6.30. I'm working when I'm at the baseball field. I'm working when I'm at the cheerleading gym. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm working all the time, but I, you know, still manage to you know, run a, a household and, and take yeah. care of the kids and, and take care of myself too, which has always been really important because I feel like that's as moms, we've got to take care of ourselves. We can take care of our families. Right. So what did the, I mean, you kind of talked about it, but what did the beginning stage of your business look like? Did you have any like roadblocks or mental barriers when you started? Yeah, I feel like uh, one thing I think about a lot in the beginning is just like, I think the imposter syndrome, because like I knew, I knew what I was doing. Like I, I knew how to help people. I, I was a nurse, so I, I knew I could communicate with people. Um, I loved people. I, I really had a passion for helping others. I had struggled a lot with my weight. So I knew I could help people that were having that struggle too. But where I felt like I didn't know what I was doing was in the business sense. Like I would watch people with these big brands and like beautiful marketing and flyers and websites. And I was just like, man, those are business people. Like I'm not a business person. I went to school for nursing. Like I have a personal training certification. Like what am I doing? And over time, I just started to realize that it's like not really important. Like you just learn as you go. Um, and, and that's where I think I probably in the first couple of years really struggled with sort of like, I'd be asked to say like, go and give a, a talk at a gym or something. And I think like, well, yeah, I can talk and I can share nutrition information. But like, what if they don't think my business is 
is relevant. You know, that was my struggle in the beginning. But I also knew that if I just kept going, I would learn along the way. I don't have it figured out, but all I know is if I give good service, take care of people and help them reach their goals, like that's all people really care about, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, you can have flashy marketing and have all these great sales and I mean, you could take, you know, 300 people, but would you give 300 people really good service? Probably not. And that's carried me through. Now I've been doing this for 13 years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So still here. <laughs> I always tell my coaching clients, like my photography coaching clients that done is better than perfect. We can perfect it later. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have you ever dealt with negative comments or doubt from others in regards to your work? Yeah, I think so. I mean, over time, as I've, and as I've gotten older too, like I, I realize mostly if people are critical, um, it's generally coming from just a, a yucky place that they're in. Um, and certainly having done some modeling as part of promoting my business or just even for self-expression because you are entitled to do that as a human being, um, you know, people have something to say about it. But I, I realized it, you were just not going to keep everybody happy. So it doesn't, it doesn't really, shouldn't matter. Sometimes it gets to me, you know, there's 57 nice comments and one crappy one and you focus on that one. So I've tried not to let, and I just don't give it any energy. I just delete it. But, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, like customer service in my business is really important. So, you know, I really do strive to keep my clients happy, make sure that they feel like they're cared for. I have to set expectations though, because sometimes people have unrealistic expectations of what a health and fitness coach should do. And right away, you know, I know how available to them that's helped, but I always want to feel like I'm doing a good job. So I care more about doing a job than I do about keeping people happy on social. Some of those people will, will never be a supporter of my business. They, they'll never buy a training program from me. They won't buy some protein from me for the free content, then that's fine too. But you know, you don't also get to stick around and have free content and be an asshole. So <laughs> I'm very quick to be like, I don't need it. And I just block and delete. But I think that comes with anything. If you're putting yourself out there, you're going to not be able to please everybody. And it's like little things like people will say, like I, I made a uh, TikTok with chicken prep and just like shredded chicken or something and somebody wrote to me and told me what what a terrible chicken breast or something and like at first I was like oh my god and I thought this is really stupid like come on <laughs> like you just really wasted your energy doing that so I, I laughed and, and deleted it but that's come with time I think probably 10 years ago Jillian would have been like oh my gosh what am I doing what I'm talking about but now yeah. I just really I let that stuff go yeah I there's people that I think that on social media, they're just there to try to hurt other people's feelings. So I know it's so sad. It's like, well, you really just, A, you have a lot of time on your hands. I wonder what that would be like. And then B, like, that's really negative. And I've always tried to like, think about putting good out there. Like, even if I found my place and myself in a crappy place, like I still try to like spread positivity. So was there a magical moment when you realized that your side hustle could become your full-time job I think that probably my first like six to 12 months was really like okay let's see if we can do this we'll probably be okay if it doesn't work out I'll go back I wanted to sound like I was working less but I just had that freedom and flexibility in my schedule I was certainly putting in well over 40 hours a week but I was home I was able to you know be a part of my kids activities 
Um, and I was making more than I was making as a nurse. I thought, wow, like this, this is really, you know, going to be my new career. Um, and then I think I also just, I, I say to myself all the time, like there's an unlimited amount of business out there. Like there's, there's people everywhere that need your help. So even if it feels like, you know, oh no, I, you know, my client numbers are decreasing. There's just people out there I haven't connected with yet. And I know they're out there. So how do I find those people? Like, how do I help more people? Um, so, you know, I've never, I've never tried to worry like, oh gosh, like, you know, what if this doesn't support me? And what if this isn't, you know, the income that I'm looking for? I, I always look at what are the, what is the potential, but certainly in the first year, you never know it's a risk. And I, I definitely had to deal with like a little bit of criticism. Like a lot of the doctors I worked with were very surprised. And I was like, I just, this is not for me. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, and if it doesn't work out, I'll be, I'll be back. That my favorite uh, thing would, that you just said was the part about how there's an unlimited number of people out there that need help. I there like are. I need to make sure that everybody who's listening listens to that like five times. <laughs> it's true. And if you don't believe that, then you should. Yes. There are. I mean, our world is, is so big. I'll even sometimes see something on the news about someone from St. Louis. I'm like, surely I know that person because I think oh. I know everybody <laughs> in St. Louis many people and there's you know people everywhere that are looking my services and connected with them yet so how do we find them how do we connect with those people right I love that you said that <laughs> that positive mindset <laughs> is there anything that you would have done differently back in the startup phase I don't know I say that because the mistakes that I made taught me so much. um I've definitely collaborations that were just trusted people that, you know, were not um, trustworthy, but I had to go through those things and, and have those things happen in order to learn. So I don't think so. I, I really um, am proud of my mistakes because I, I know I learned through them. That's a really short answer, but no, I don't think so. No regrets. <laughs> I agree because I know that if I don't learn by making mistakes, I'm not going to change what I was doing. So yeah, I have to make them and I've made a bunch of them, but I wouldn't change it either because if I didn't make the mistakes, then I wouldn't know what I did wrong. Exactly. And you're always going to like, I, I can guarantee I'm going to make some next week, next month, you know, all the time, but yeah, you, you have to, what is it? You fail forward. Is that what people yeah. say? <laughs> you know, that's what you got to do. You just learn and move on. Right. So what is your ultimate dream for your business? Well, um, I'm, I have a a vision of kind of where I want to take it. I would love to make this brand a household name. Um, the mom shell method is the official name of my business. It's had several different names over the years, but, um, in the last four years, it's moved to the mom shell method with the virtual coaching and, um, the supplement line. And I really just want to grow this across the country and even wider spread than that, um, to where, you know, it's an, it's a brand associated with women empowerment, getting women to find simple ways to exercise like a, a real lifestyle brand. Um, in the last six months, the, I brought on several new coaches and we're in the process of growing right now, but I would love to continue to add coaches all over the program to other moms and just 
making women feel like there's an answer because there's so much desperation from these women when they reach out to me, like there's a panic and intense need to feel better and they want to feel better right away and they need a strategy that works and they're afraid that it won't and there's just all this you know this feeling of like oh, I need this now and I, I just want people to know that there's a way to juggle it all and it can be and it doesn't have to suck and you can feel really good at any age and you no matter how many kids you have um, or how busy your lifestyle is or what your work hours are like there's there's a for everybody whether you're have access to a gym or like yourself, you know, you're a lot and you just have a small space. Like it, it can be done by growing the brand and having other coaches that do the same. I think we can really help. I've been using you for a year now or almost a year, I think, or maybe yeah. nine months. Right. But I, know I think we are. Yeah. Without this, I would not be working out. And I mean, the last two weeks have been crazy, but I've still got in like my four, four workouts in two weeks, not my four workouts a week, <laughs> but I've still been actually working out and I wouldn't have done it without your program because it's so much easier. Like you literally, I have it at my fingertips and I can just go through, pick a workout real quick, do my workout and then move on with my life. So I love it. Yay. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. I really feel like, again, going back to like, I mean, something that fits with your lifestyle, like a lot of the things that I looked at when I was trying to lose baby weight were just, you know, they weren't going to work. Like I didn't have two hours a day to work out. I didn't have an hour a day to work out. I, I couldn't have a high maintenance meal plan that required a lot of work. Like people really need stuff that works for them. Um, and I love that you found something that works for you. I think we've already talked about this a little bit, but how has focusing on your business affected your work-life balance? Well, I think that's sort of like something I'm always working on. I have a hard time um, shutting off work, especially working from home. Like my office is not very far from my kitchen or my living room. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I could, and I could work all day, all night and still have things to be working on. Um, but I've definitely gotten better about um, unplugging, disconnecting, creating work hours, um, I make a ton of to-do lists. I set my work hours to be, you know, I'm done at the end of the day by like about five o'clock. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's something that I have struggled with because I do like to, and I, I have a hard time relaxing if I know I've got tasks that I have to finish. So I think the lists are really helpful because then I can kind of go, okay, what are the things I plan to achieve tomorrow? What can wait? What needs to be done now? Um, mm -hmm. and then I sometimes will set timers for myself, like I'll shut my phone off and I'll put it in like, um, like focus mode. And I give myself an hour to complete, let's say, you know, a menu and a home workout program for a new client. And I can't do anything else until that's done. And I, like, I can't touch my phone. I can't get up from my desk. And then when that hour is up, you know, have a coffee break or, you know, answer a few text messages or look at Instagram, give myself a little bit of a breather. So those like one hour increments really help. I even do that when I'm elsewhere, but I, I'm a very like scheduled routine person. I, I try to go to the same time. I eat at the same time. So one thing I think and hope my audience knows by now is how much I love free organic marketing and how much I don't love Facebook ads among other strategies. 
My favorite way to market is with other businesses. And I want to talk about this because for one thing, it's my favorite topic, but also we built a relationship over the past five years that I feel is beneficial to both of us. You're one of my lead referrals and I hope you know how much I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. You as well. In my courses, coaching, and in my mastermind, my photographers and I really focus on building relationships within the community. I like to talk about how boudoir photographers and personal trainers work really well together because it can be seen as both a reward and a goal for your fitness clients. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think that it's something that a lot of women think that they would like to do one day, but maybe they don't feel very confident um, presently in their shape. And so uh, a lot of times I will hear people say like, you know, I'd, I'd like to get into a place where I feel comfortable enough to take some photos for my significant other or just for myself. Um, or sometimes it's something that I'll use with a client when they feel like they don't have a specific deadline. Um, or like a goal they're striving for. Like sometimes my clients get a little bit lost because they are just sort of like shooting for something with no definite timeline or deadline. And I'll suggest doing some photos and it gives them like a 30, 60 or 90 day goal to kind of work towards. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I love about your work, Tracy, is that you definitely embrace curves and femininity. And so I think that it's a perfect fit because my clients are not trying to, um, you know, be skinny or be perfect. They just want beautiful photos and you do such a good job of capturing women, you know, at any stage in their journey. So, um, it's, it's been a great fit for us and it's been an awesome goal for my clients to have. For sure. And thank you for that. (laughs) You're welcome. Do you work with any other types of businesses in similar ways? Yeah. I mean, uh, and sometimes women will say like, you know, um, I want to reward myself with something. Um, And, you know, when I reach my goal, I'd like to do this. Or um, when I get to my goal size, I want to celebrate by treating myself to this. So, um, you know, I do partner with um, Skin Bee Med Spa and they will oftentimes decide that they want to go in and do splurge on some, you know, skin treatments to just give themselves like a little bit of a glow after they've reached their you know, goal. And I think that that's really nice as well to have something to treat yourself and reward yourself for all of your hard work. What words of advice would you give photographers in approaching models or personal trainers in order to build relationships and refer back and forth? Um, I think that um, in anything, like I, I think it, it's just nice to have a, a conversation with somebody like I'll get a lot of what like feels like it's just like a a cold message and it seems like very generic um I'll get like hey we're running this special and could you promote it to your clients but I like wouldn't have ever known this business or photographer before so I would ignore it um but if it was a case where like hey you know I I think that what you're doing for women is great and I'd love to share with you what what we do or whatnot um and then talk about doing some sort of a collab I feel like it's always good to share like you know the the personal trainer themselves might not necessarily want to be in front of the camera um but if there's some sort of way to do a collaboration that benefits both like you know maybe the photographer would say like I'd love to refer clients to you who might be looking to 
um, you know, build a butt or, you know, get their body back after baby, like sort of helping each other out, um, rather than just dumping a message in their inbox, like, Hey, I'm running this special. If anyone's interested, because that's not usually, I don't think pricing is a good way to get anybody interested. I think it's more about the relationship. Exactly. I love that you just said that too, because that's exactly how I feel. Like if I get a cold DM, I'll never even look at it. I literally no. go walk. So, no, and I won't even follow that person because I just think it's it's like rude. It, I wouldn't, exactly. you know, I, it's again, yeah. it's we're in a different place now. It's 2022. We're building mm-hmm. relationships where we all see what looks like it's disingenuous. We all know what sort of just dropping, you know, these easy little messages to people. It really doesn't get anybody anywhere. It's about engaging and being more genuine. I think it's better to have like fewer, but more sincere interactions than like just a bunch that are like disengaged and like, we'll just see what happens. Like just see if anyone bites, you know, I don't think that that works. Exactly. Oh, there's this one company that literally messages me every day. I block them every day. And then they send it from a different account (laughs) every day. So yes, I get it. It's like, um, like a lingerie store or something. And I'm all about lingerie, but not 50 times in a month. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just think there's, it's overkill. And again, if they had, you know, really tried to, you Mm. know, like understand your business or, or really, you know, create something that was more personalized and just like a, what felt like an ad, I get so many of them that I just uh, ignore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we met the first time because you were modeling and I reached out and needed a few models. I think we were both all over the STL hashtag on Instagram at that point. So my first question is when a photographer reaches out to you to shoot, what is the biggest reason that you would say yes? And what about why would you turn one down? Um, as a model, you want me to answer this as a model? Yes. As a model. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so for me, like, I, I think that, um, over the last, you know, probably five years, I've really refined like what my audience is and, um, also like the type of content that I will share. So, um, kind of piggybacking a little bit off of what we just talked about. Like if a photographer is maybe they shoot, I don't know how to give an example without sounding like I'm calling anybody out, but like, (laughs) Uh I'm just going to say it. Um, (laughs) Let's say this particular company was promoting, um, you know, drug paraphernalia and (laughs) Uh (laughs) such. I don't know that that's something that I'd be interested in doing. So I don't know that that would be a good investment of their time trying to see if I'd be interested. Um, so I think that's big is sort of just like, if you're looking for um, a model or if you're looking for like a trade situation, like make sure that person's like doing content like that. Like I had somebody reach out to me one time and they had like hardly any followers, mm-hmm. um, but their work was just like, I would like to share. Like it was clean. It was like very well done. Um, it was tasteful, but still very feminine. And I was like happy to shoot with that person. They're like, oh, I'm so surprised you said yes, because you have so many followers. And I'm like, well, you and I are a good fit because of the type of work that you do is in line with the type of work that I would post. You know, if I were to do something with, you know, a bunch of bongs or something like (laughs) it wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't get anything from me. Like, and so to be fair, like I just say, like, if I were to even engage or respond, just sometimes I just like, I should be polite and not rude. Like, I would just say like, yeah, I get it. Like it's, I do have 
a big audience, but like, I wouldn't share anything that we would do. So it wouldn't really benefit you. Like I would be wasting your time. You'd have photos of me, but like you wouldn't benefit from my following. Cause I can't, not that I can't, but I just wouldn't share stuff like that. Um, and so like kind of, you know, I don't know if this is another topic you want to discuss, but like in a trade situation, like I always make sure that's very clear. Like things that are not in line with my brand won't go on my page. So the photographer wouldn't benefit from that. Yeah. Um, and I want everybody to benefit if they've spent time, you know, editing photos, shooting, setting up lighting. Like I want to make sure that they get something out of it too. So, yeah. um, you know, I make sure that it's best for both of us. And and again, I think that it would have saved time if the person just like ahead of time Check takes a preview of like what I'm posting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that does. There's people that, you know, have never yeah. offered to shoot with me because they just know I don't, I don't take yeah. photos like that. So exactly. Like I ran a model call this past weekend because um I was shooting in a different location and I wanted photos that I could share. And so when I did on the girls who actually like said that they would model for me, I made sure I went to their profile, made sure they were posting the stuff and made sure it would benefit both of us and they just wouldn't get free photos from me. So I think the mm -hmm. photographers should do their due diligence as well. Yeah, I think so. Otherwise it's, it's frustrating. And, and I've seen, um, you know, people get into fights over social media yes. because <laughs> one party didn't get what they expected. And you know what else too? Like make up a contract. If you're really concerned, like you can go online and find something that's, mm -hmm. you know, very generic and just put in like, this is what I'd like to receive. Yeah. And this is what you'll receive. And then it's just so much easier than ahead of time. It's all negotiated and you don't have to be like, you know, this person didn't share any of my photos. Well, this photographer didn't give me any of my edits for four months. Like just put it all out in writing in the beginning. And it's so much easier. Yep. I actually did that when I first started, because that's how I grew my Instagram was by photographing people like you. So I literally had a contract like that for like the first two years. I don't have it anymore, but I did. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's helpful. I tell girls that all the time especially yeah. if they're frustrated because, you know, they did a shoot and then never got the photos back or, you know, maybe they, you know, got two edits back and then the photographer wanted to be paid for the rest. I'm mm. like, well, if you can't negotiate that beforehand, you know, yep. it's kind of on you. Yeah. That is um, technically called a model call. And yeah. if you go back and listen to a couple of my episodes, you can hear why I hate those because I think they feel scammy. So yeah. yeah. What's the biggest lesson you've learned while you're modeling? Um, I think it kind of goes back to what we just talked about is having like clear expectations of one another in a trade situation. Um, and I, it's, you know, bit me in the butt before where, you know, I invested in, you know, say like a babysitter for my kids so that I could, you know, go to a shoot, um, you know, purchased outfits, spent time and money on hair and makeup, and then you know, waiting three months for photos and, okay. you know, so things like that. I think that is the biggest thing is to just upfront, if you're going to invest your time, just make sure that you, you know, negotiate. And then I think safety is important too. Um, I think that early on when I was just taking any job that I could find, because I was really trying to just get a lot of content, I probably put myself in situations that were not the safest as far as like location or time of day or going by myself, um, you know, and you should, if you are going to a new, meet with a new photographer, like 
bring a friend. I, I mean, I've had um, one of another model in the St. Louis area, Sarah, used to always come with me if I wasn't sure if it was somebody new and I would do the same thing for her if she needed it, because just, yeah. you know, you just got to protect yourself. It's not worth it. You know, even if it's a paid situation, like making sure that you make sure that the person is um, reputable and that they, you can even message somebody they've shot with before and ask for a reference. I've had that happen where a model has said, Hey, have you worked with this person before? Like I saw a photo that they took and what was your experience? And I'm happy to share, you know, what it was. Um, So I think that's really important, especially for new models. I see so many girls like, how do you get into modeling? What do you do? And I'm like, just, you know, be safe. That's the biggest important thing. (laughs) That's, that was exactly my next question that I don't even need to ask. (laughs) So, um, well, and the other thing too, I think that is important uh, is skincare. (laughs) That's the other thing I've learned. (laughs) Skincare is so important. It makes the photographer's job so much easier. Like you can put any amount of makeup on anyone. Mm -hmm. And if their skin is not taken care of, there's not a lot that can be done. So that I've learned as well, Mm because, you know, I, I'm a fitness person. So my body in the gym and the supplements and all that's like always first priority and skincare is something that I really stepped up in 2020. But prior to that, I really, you know, I, I didn't, and, and you can see it in a lot of photos where I just don't have that glow. So taking that little extra step to have a little bit of a regimen, I think it helps everybody. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And back to the safety issue. I feel like we all learned that it was like 2017 or 2018. One of the models got attacked or something by a photographer. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. So after that, I feel like we all in St. Louis, at least definitely learned to be a little more diligent in checking who we're shooting and shooting with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if it doesn't feel right, just don't do it. I mean, you'll find something else with another photographer, like it's okay to say no. Mm -hmm. Um, And if somebody doesn't like your answer, then they probably weren't the right fit for a photographer. Exactly. Since you're a model, I want to pick your brain on a few things that maybe models don't ever get a chance to tell photographers. I think these are really interesting and important questions because it can tell, it can help photographers know how real people may feel when they're in front of their camera. And I've heard you tell clients of mine, it's really easy to shoot with me. So I'm pretty sure it's because I'm kind of bossy when I'm posing, (laughs) but is there anything in particular I do that actually makes it easy? Well, I think that you give, um, feedback that helps with confidence as well. Like when you're saying, oh, that's really pretty. Like that's something you say a lot. And I think that that makes anyone feel amazing. Um, but I think that that feedback is helpful. Like because, um, the person it might feel really out of their element laying on a bed in underwear. And even though you make people feel very comfortable, like that's a very vulnerable situation for really anybody. Um, and so like, like kind feedback, I think is, is really, really nice. If the photographer is just like shooting away, not saying anything, it's yes. like, do I suck? Like, and I have a lot of experience. So when I feel that way, like, you know, a a first time model is going to feel that way. But then also to that point, like I've had photographers say stuff that I'm like, Ooh, that's cringy. Like I have photographers said, you know, that's so effing hot or stuff like that. I'm like, Ooh, I just want to go home and put my clothes on. (laughs) So, um, like, Oh, that, this lighting's beautiful. And, um, you know, you, you look like a natural, like things like that, I think are make the person feel comfortable and kind of like they can loosen up a little bit more. So you've always done that, which I think is, is great. Awesome. Well, thank you. (laughs) 
what are some things you like a photographer to do as far as direction, posing, lighting? Well, I think you don't always know how you look. So um, I think it's helpful for like maybe the first couple of shots, once the lighting and everything looks good to kind of show the person what they're getting. I mean, not every single photo, but it is helpful because sometimes I'll look and go, oh, I need to cross my leg over a little bit more or like, oh, I need to tilt my chin up. Um, and I think that that's the, just things that I've learned to do, but I kind of need to sometimes see what we're getting first, but maybe somebody experienced wouldn't know that. So finding the light, um, body positioning, body positioning is pretty important too. Like I've seen photos where my face looks amazing and I'm like, well, oh my gosh, why is my foot like that? Or, you know, something that, that could have been sort of like changed or, you know, like if I'm in the right spot, like, oh, stay right there. Like that's super helpful feedback too. Yeah. So just basically as much feedback as possible during, and don't just sit there and shoot the whole time and hope like I call it like shooting, like spray and pray oh, <laughs> like yes. as much as possible, just hoping that they get something. And how terrible is that for the person that took the photos? Like now you've got 4,000 pictures to edit yes. and like hundreds mm -hmm. and hundreds are going to look the same, like get it right. Shoot a couple different shots, like, and be done. Yep. yeah. Overshooting. And you know, the person's not moving, like I'm pretty yep. sure you got it, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> saves you time. Well, and then I've had where that happened where somebody overshot and they had, they'll say like, I had 3000 photos from our shoot. It's taking me forever to edit your photos. I'm like, well, that's not really like, no. I'm like, you probably could delete like at least 2,500 of those. <laughs> <Or>, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I never take more than 125, 150 per session. Oh. So. Again, I'm not a photographer, so I don't really know like how that works. But even for me, like if I'm taking a bunch of photos to use for my Instagram, I don't need, I don't want 300 of them. I don't have the time to go through them all. You know, like I did a little mini photo shoot at one of my shows. Um, and I just had like my like little, um, automatic clicker for my phone and I had way too many pictures and I'm like, oh my gosh. like they're all the same. What was I thinking? <laughs> That's how I am. Like, I do not want to call 3,000. I don't want to call 150, let alone 3,000. No way. <laughs> no way. Mm -hmm. or like the worst as a photographer will be like pick your favorites and you get like 3,000 pictures oh I'm my like, gosh oh, forget about it <laughs> I don't even think I did that many for a wedding let alone on session <laughs> oh no mm -hmm. so is there any any other things that you've had photographers do that you really don't like I'm trying to think well I think it's um it's helpful to like collaborate with the person that you're working with on like looks and ideas. Um, you know, I think that sometimes I get ideas from photographers and I'm like, okay, well, it's not gonna be possible for me to get like 50 yards of tool and ballerina shoes by Thursday. So like sometimes I get creative ideas from people and I'm like, okay, you know, so um, while yeah. I do love to like have some idea as to what to bring, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, sometimes that can be difficult, but then also not having an idea is, mm -hmm. um, kind of a struggle too. Like, I think it's it with, with what you do, I think you've got so many amazing inspirational photos on your page. It probably makes it really easy for your models because they can look and go, Oh, I love that pose and get inspiration from the ideas. But if somebody isn't sure what they want to shoot, like having some albums that they could look at, or like, here's some places where you can get some outfits or outfit ideas, like 
that helps to kind of build that inspiration. Cause I've shown up at shoots before and I'm like, so what are we doing today? And they're like, I don't know. What do you think? I'm like, oh, what do you God. have? What did you bring? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that like, again, even though I have experience, like I'm not as creative and I don't have the same eye as a photographer. So I think that giving those ideas and the model might be like, no, I don't like that. Or something might be like, yeah, oh my gosh, that sounds great. I think that having ideas is a really helpful thing. And it saves time too, because then you can get right to what the person wants. And, you know, and I feel like that's like, you always come to our shoots with like, well, I've saved this for you. (laughs) I do. I do. I I do save things for you. Or I buy things. I'm like, oh, I'm going to put that away for a Tracy shoot. Yes. I love (laughs) that. That's my favorite thing when you say that. I'm like, oh, I just, I definitely have a style. (laughs) You do. You do. (laughs) So I always tell my photographers, especially the ones in my mastermind to hire real models, at least a few times in the beginning of their career. I think it's really helpful in order to see how real women move to find the light quickly and to learn how to pose women in a flattering way. And honestly, just a practice, 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 because Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of photographers just want to hurry up and get paid, but you also have to practice to get great. So I really want to thank you for helping me out all these years because you definitely helped me grow to be the photographer I am now. Oh, thanks. I love working with you. We've had so much fun over the years. Yes. Do you have any other recommendations for new photographers besides just practice, practice, practice? Um, yeah, I think, I think we kind of hit on everything, you know, um, you know, giving the person ideas and not overshooting. I think that's another big thing too. Um, and then just like setting those realistic expectations. Like, I mean, most people don't know the turnaround time, but they might be surprised to know that it takes as long as it does to get photos and edits and photo books back. And that's okay. Like, I, I don't think that you should feel bad about that. If your turnaround time is it's busy season or something, you know, but I think also making sure that that's clear up front, cause that can lose you a client too, or yeah. just give a bad name, even if it is a trade situation. Um, So, you know, I think setting those clear expectations, I think are, are helpful. And then the sweet feedback, I think that's probably one of the bigger ones actually, um, you know, giving people just like that reassurance and confidence, cause it's pretty vulnerable for a lot, even for me, like, again, I, I have experience, but I don't take a lot of photos in underwear. So like when I'm doing boudoir, you know, I'm like, is this, is this all right? And I've had children too. So, you know, sometimes there's angles that just are not my best and helping me to kind of find the best way to position myself. Um, and give that feedback, like, oh, that looks pretty. And oh, you're doing great. That's really helpful. And the one thing that I wanted to touch on about when you said the turnaround time, I think it's really important to like, treat, don't shoot so many models that you don't actually take care of them too. I treat all of my models just like my clients and they go into my workflow the same place that my other clients go into so that my turnaround time stays super consistent. And I think that really helps you get a better name. That's huge. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that there's nothing worse than when, you know, you're waiting a long period of time. Again, my expectations are pretty, you know, I think they're pretty fair. I've been around, so I I know how long these things take, but if it's been two months and I get a message that says, oh, sorry, I didn't get your edits back. I got really busy with paid work. I mean, that kind of makes me feel like crap because I've already spent my time, which time is money to me as a business owner. So to hear that, I'm like, well, am I really going to send you some of my 
clients, if that's how you're treating me, like you've just basically made me feel like very low priority. Um, And I guess even though I didn't directly pay in a trade situation, like you will receive benefit from me sharing my photos with my audience. And I, and I think timing's the essence too. I mean, it took me um, a long period of time to get some photos back from someone. And by the time I got them, I'd changed my hair. (laughs) Everything was different. And I'm like, yeah, now I just won't use these. So it didn't benefit the person at all. So, Yeah. yeah, that's the, that's something that I don't think that I've ever actually said out loud now that I think about it. And I really do want photographers to understand that you have to treat models like your clients because they're trading their time, which if they're a business owner and you're doing this the way that I recommend, like with other business owners, it is time is money for us. So it is for me, a shoot is like almost a full day of work because I've got to, you know, get myself camera ready. I've bought outfits. I make sure my hair and nails are done. I make sure my makeup's done. And I feel like that's just, that is the model's responsibility. I think that that's a totally different conversation, but like the models, you know, if you're hiring somebody to come and do a trade situation, like they should be a on time, they should be camera ready when they arrive, they should know how to look good for the camera, you know, like their hairs, you know, put together and nails done all that stuff. And I do all that as a model. So, you know, I expect the same level of professionalism. Yeah. 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 Yep. I agree. So I'm glad that you even mentioned that because that wasn't on my list and that could be an entire conversation on a podcast, I feel like. So I'm glad we touched on that for sure. I think you were the one that really helped me with that though, because I remember at one time telling you that I wanted to um, step away from doing trade shoots and start, you know, making money as a model. And you like helped me with this bullet point list. I still have it in my phone of like all the things that I bring to the table. Like, uh-huh. you know, like I'm camera ready and I have outfits and I'm on time. And so yeah. I use that. If anyone asked me for my rates, I put right in there, like, you know, obviously you can see my experience from my page, but here are, you know, other things like, you know, my makeup is camera ready and all these things. So you were really helpful in um, having me establish my worth. And so thank you for that. Awesome. That makes me feel good. I, I mean, I remember the conversation, but I never even thought about it again because yeah. I feel like that's something that you just brought to the table. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been like now like four years, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I remember just kind of, you know, feeling like I wanted to, um, maybe just book more modeling work and, and it definitely helped for sure. Yep. So I think that's it. Um, but thank you so much for coming on today. Can you tell everyone where to follow you? Maybe a little bit more about your business and how to get in touch with you for virtual or in-person training? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram. My personal page is STL underscore momshell. Um, I am a fitness coach, body transformation specialist in the St. Louis area, but I coach women all over the country through my virtual app. And my business page is momshell with two L's underscore method underscore fitness. Um, But if you just go to my personal page, you'll find it. Um, And I love to share fitness tips and recipes. And what we do is just help busy women find ways to juggle, you know, their life and family and get in shape and, um, and eat really well. So, and it works amazing because I'm a client and I saw so much change so quickly. Yes. You've done awesome. (laughs) Thank you. And I just love the fact that you'll make it work for 
your clients, whether they want to go to the gym or not. Like I hate the gym and I told you that from the beginning and you still made it work for me. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. We want to be able to help everyone find a way to do it, whether you know you have lots of support, no support, a bunch of kids, no kids, busy <laughs> schedule. I mean, everyone's busy. So we just really work with each of our clients to make it fit and, um, and juggle it all. So well, thank you again so much. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm sure all my photographers who listen will as well. Yay. Thanks for having me. Of course. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jillian. I always love chatting with her. I'm not going to do a long outro today, but I want you to know that I appreciate each of you listening to this podcast and I will talk to you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sustainable Freedom with Photography podcast. If you loved it, be sure to rate and follow so that you never miss an episode. They drop every Monday and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have an awesome week.